Well, welcome to another week of our deep dive conversation. Uh, my name is Brad. I serve our online and digital ministries. Joined this week by pastors Chris Bantz and Ben Powers. Um, how you guys? How you guys doing? How uh, we were just talking about the Olympics, and so yeah. it's maybe maybe we'll do a deep dive in the Olymp- in Olympic <laughs> track and field uh, for a bit. But That'd be awesome. yeah, you guys doing all right? Yeah, I just got back from vacation, so I'm feeling ref- refreshed. Michigan was great, and yeah, in the last two weeks watching is much olympics as i can so yeah it's been a good time yeah michigan is like the best place to be in the summer yeah it's like 75 degrees no humidity cold water cold water yeah it's great cool ben how you doing man yeah things are good i'm i'm ready for fall now so summer feels like it's getting over with and yeah we're kind of coming towards the school year and Uh yeah two more weeks i think for our kids i'm ready for what you're ready i'm ready for the pumpkin spice awesome (laughs) awesome uh well today uh our topic we're still in our it runs in the family series where we're looking at what it means to be the church what we're called to as a church body and um today we're looking at this this theme of encouraging one another. So it's one of the one another's as we look in the, the New Testament, there's lots of one another statements, uh, things that the church is meant to be. Um, and encouraging is, is one of those things. We see it in a number of places uh, in the New Testament. I know both of you guys looked at different passages this weekend. Um, so we'll dive into James 3 and 1 Thessalonians 4. Uh, but before we, we do, I just want to look at that word encourage and what it means to be encouraging, because it's not something that is... Um, normal or, or, or like our default, uh, if you will. And I kind of want to like pick that apart. So, yeah. so encouraging, like why is, well, first of which, how are we defining it? Like, what does it mean to encourage someone? Like, is it just saying nice things and being complimentary um, or is there more to it? Yeah, I think, I mean, the word, the prefix is and so it's, that's to give it courage. It's to give somebody courage. In the New Testament, that idea is I'm, I'm going to come along, alongside somebody and I'm going to um, invest in them, um, support them, uh, give anything I can to help them go through difficult situation or a troubled time. And so I think um, it is. It's just giving somebody the courage. It's not... Um, I mean, compliments are nice. I like your haircut. Um, Thank you. I like your shirt. Yeah, all of those are nice. And the, the, but um, but really, it goes much it goes much deeper than that. Mm. Yeah, I think two things for me. One, it's affirming and celebrating what is already present. Like, great job on that project. You worked really hard. Or like, hey, I see this skill and talent in you. Like. This is to be appreciated. So it's giving courage in that way, but then it's also challenging and spurring on to future work and progress and growth. So it's celebrating what is, but then also to say, hey, keep it up, keep going, like continue this good thing into the future. Why do you think that we often will just define encouragement as saying nice things like why is that our default when we think about like what it means to encourage somebody i i think it's i mean i think it goes because it goes so much deeper that i mean we have to look deeper we have to we have to take time to kind of investigate really what's what you know what somebody's doing you know what what kind of job that they did to get those kind of details but i do think like it's it is harder for us i do think i'm speaking for myself so and I'm sure maybe other people can relate to it, but when we're talking and communicating with people, we're usually thinking about ourselves a lot. 
And um, the gospel is God God loved the world that he gave his son, and Jesus gave his time. He gave his attention. He gave his ability. Um, he gave hope and healing for people, and it was all about other people. And I just think it's really it's really challenging for us to do that. Mm-hmm. I think you know when, when we're having conversations, I mean, most of the time, if we're honest, we're thinking about ourselves and and not about how can I give to this person? What can I what can I say that would really help them? What do they need um, in order to really move forward? So. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just hard to get out of the self-focus. Like we like to talk about ourselves. We like to share our experiences. We, you know, we, um, I think for the most of us, the majority of us, I do think it is, is nice to talk and think and be concerned with ourselves. So to get out of that framework, to, to be genuinely invested in, in others. Um, I think that might be the biggest hurdle. Mm-hmm. For um, and it may be the biggest distinguisher of people who are um, just defined as like massive encouragers. Like you know, when they walk in a room, they're going to encourage and build other people up. And for people who uh, maybe don't have that that strength in mm-hmm. their their repertoire, yeah, and I do think that it's it feels not normal sometimes. And I don't know if that's because culturally we're wired just to to think of ourselves. I don't know if it's um, I don't know what that is, but it's like, oh, I would say something, but I feel awkward, like being nice and doing that. Or how are they going to receive it? I think we're, you know, oftentimes we're, people are suspicious of uh, of encouragement because culturally, right? Like, what are you going to like? Oh, why do you actually think that? I don't think that about myself. So if I don't think that about myself, how could you think that? Oh, you might have another motive in mind. Yeah. Um, so, it, like, I don't know, it makes us suspicious. I think, too, we may not know what to say in that time. I think people balk at that. And, I mean, we, we were talking about baseball earlier, and, you know, a pitcher comes in after getting, you know, he gets taken out of the game. No, Nobody really goes over and talks to him because that's not – baseball rules kind of, you know, but I think nobody knows really what to say. What do you say? You don't want to make them make it worse. You don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, I think we kind of, you know, shy away from, from encouraging people for that reason. Well, and you look at, you know, Chris's favorite website, Twitter, um, and how (laughs) it's not an encouraging place. Yeah. Right. Right. And like social media, I think often is, is one of the um, it's an indication of like what's actually going on in people's minds and people's hearts. And, yeah. you know, the whole keyboard, you know, you don't need to encourage somebody to have courage when they're buying a keyboard. Right. And yet they'll say whatever. It's not a naturally yeah. encouraging place. I think, too, we've just been exposed to large amounts of like false praise and encouragement mm-hmm. of like, you know, you can do this. Right. Um like we've seen this, lies. The, yeah, lies, really. Like mm-hmm. the entire pandemic, right? Like what is every single commercial? It's like times are tough, times are hard, but you can do it. You can persevere. You've got this. And this is why you should buy our product mm-hmm. because it's going to help you overcome. Yeah. Brought to you by Bounty. Even the or Olympics, whatever. in the Olympics, in their speeches, like, oh, yes. yeah, and you know, I just want to encourage you, you can do whatever. Yeah. And I go, no, no, I cannot win a gold medal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Caleb Dressel, I cannot beat you. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I think we are exposed. And I think this is like a big Americanism, right? Like, like we are a hundred percent in control of our own destiny. It's us. We're the captain of the ship. We're the hero of the story. We can do anything and everything we set our minds to. 
and talent and opportunity is equal for everyone. Mm. And that's just not true. Yeah. It's not true, right? Like I have a slightly different build than LeBron. Well, that's slightly. So, so, so we are going to do slightly different things athletically, <laughs> right? Understatement yeah. of the year. So um, I think we become numb yeah. to encouragement sometimes because of all the f- false, you know, spurring on that just floats in the water and the air that we breathe. Well, and if I don't believe something about myself, how could you believe that thing? It's like yeah. I, I, you know, I worked with youth for a long time, right? You've worked with college students. You have teenagers, mm-hmm. right? Their BS radar is like super high and in, and in tune. And I think all of us, right, that's true, yeah. right? We know when somebody is just saying something and we know when somebody truly means it. And yeah. there's subtle differences. Sometimes the words might be exactly the same, but the posture behind the words or yeah. uh, the intention behind the words, the motivation, the thing they're encouraging you towards, yeah. um, I think maybe reveals, reveals truth there. And I think this is why like specific encouragement is important. Like the more micro you can be, I think the more powerful it is. So instead of saying, hey, you're great at everything, you can do everything, keep it up, to just pinpoint one thing of like, hey, this one skill you have is a beautiful gift to our family, our city, our church. I want to see you do this more because I enjoy being around you and seeing the work you produce when you do this one thing. To me, that's the powerful encouragement. Yeah. 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 Well, let's look at these uh, two passages. Um, We'll start in 1 Thessalonians. And so Paul, um, he is writing to to a group of believers uh, in, you know, very early stage of of the church, um, their theology, um, specifically surrounding when Christ is going to return, is still developing. You even see some some subtle changes in Paul's own theology and opinions around this as well. And uh, he is he is writing to encourage a group of believers um, during this. So let me read uh, verses thirteen through through eighteen, and then uh, yeah, just want to kind of dive in a little bit um, toward that. So verse thirteen. Uh, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So, Chris, there's a few things happening in this passage. Um, He talks about people who are sleeping. Um, they're not power napping. They're not power napping. They're dirt uh, napping. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> they're dead. <laughs> they're dead. <laughs> dirt napping. Love it. Uh, sensitive. Yes. No, that's great. Um, yeah. What's happening here? Yeah. So those who are asleep are people who have died before what we now call the second coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. So early in the church, in the first century, there's a theological understanding between a lot of the church that Christ is going to come back in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you look at the wec- the wickedness and the evilness of the Roman Empire, it wasn't hard to imagine 
um, apocalyptic things happening in their time. It would be like people who who lived during World War II or World War One, yes. you know, or the rise of, of the French Nazi Revolution. Germany, the French Revolution is a great example. All of these places. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at Christian writing during the French Revolution, it's almost always like, okay, Jesus is coming back in the next five years. Like yeah. this is going to happen. So, so this is a lot of their mentality. And now there's people dying before Jesus comes back, and they are going to Paul with the question of, okay, what happened to all these people that died? They were brothers and sisters in Christ, but now they're dead. Um, and then Paul clearly answers with, okay, um, Jesus is going to come back. Mm-hmm. The dead will be raised. Um, and then those of us who are still living will be joined with Jesus. So these are the three basic fundamental mm-hmm. things that will happen. So Paul is coming into a controversy, into a situation where people are severely depressed that maybe their loved one who was a Christ follower died. Now they're thinking, oh, I'm not going to be with this person in eternity, or this person won't see full resurrection. And Paul's going, no, 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 no. Actually, no, they're they're good. Like they will experience this. They'll even right experience the bodily resurrection mm-hmm. along with mm-hmm. us. Um and so I think in this example of encouragement, you see a need, you see um, a, a darkness or a question or a concern that Paul is stepping into, yeah. um, and then he's offering a theological, but again, he knows it's personal. Like these mm-hmm. people are asking the questions because they've had loved ones die. Yeah. So it's not just pie in the sky, ivory tower theology, like they're asking about their aunts and their uncles and their grandparents. So it's pastoral, it's theological, it's a beautiful encouragement of no, understand it this way. Even in your pain, there's something greater to come. Keep taking one step after another. Yeah. Yeah, and and what I what I like what Paul is doing here. You're cuz you're right. I mean, he is he's very pastoral. Yeah. Um he's using it as an opportunity to instruct with yeah, theology, yeah. but at the same time, he's giving them what they need, yeah. um, which isn't, hey, they're not really dead. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. it's going to be okay. Gonna be okay. Yeah. Um, and I think oftentimes, like when we think about encouragement, like you don't want to say things that aren't true, mm-hmm. yeah. but the encouragement doesn't always have to be, hey, it's okay. You still got this. Like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like, just keep on, you know, keep on keeping on. Like, he he's saying, yeah, no, this is what's happening. Like, he's saying true things. Yeah. And he's ministering to them um, in a way where, where he's present, um, even though he's distant. And he's calling them to the truth that they will be present with Jesus. Yeah. And I think, that, I think that's why I, when we think about encouragement, we have to think about the truth. And so... We think about the you know the Bible that we have and how encouraging it is for us. I mean, when you're reading that and you hear and you're reminded of, oh, yes, one day Jesus is coming back. Here's here's how it's going to happen. Here's how it lo- what it looks like. I mean, it, it really shifts the focus off of all the other distractions, the other things that may kind of weigh weigh us down or or get us off, and to rethink, refocus, and be encouraged about what is to come. And to really give us courage to move kind of into what's what's next. So, so I want to take like a sidestep here for a little bit um, because we've read this passage. There's some stuff in it that is like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, what happens to people in Christ when they die? 
Yeah. Right. Um, there's this line here that a lot of people, you know, that talks about, you know, rising together in the clouds to meet the Lord. Like yeah. what, what's going on here? Um, so two disclaimers, just one, it's decently vague. Yeah. And if your theology is ever a one verse theology, you have no theology. Mm. Okay. I'll so, preach. That's a book title. So, want to repeat that again? Yeah. If, you're, if your theology is ever a one verse theology, you have no theology mm -hmm. uh, because you've just cherry picked a verse out of the sky. So it's vague and it's one verse, two disclaimers. Maybe third disclaimer is this is Paul's very first letter, mm -hmm. very first letter. So his specificity for theological development is not at its zenith yet. That will come. Yeah. Well, so, we even see a difference between first thus and second thus, right? Yeah. Like in, in terms of, of yeah. this. Yeah. But we do. There's three foundational things. Like one, Jesus is coming back. Yes. Like that's the biggest encouragement. No matter what you think about the end times, Jesus is coming back. And that's why Paul is so eager to encourage them. Yeah. Yes. Cry, grieve, mourn, lament. Your loved one is dead. But. There's we're always a but. We're in a bigger story. Yeah, we're in a bigger story. He's Jesus always is reminding. I think encouragement does. Yes. Encouragement reminds us. The best encouragement reminds yeah. us we're in a bigger story. So even if the encouragement is just a, hey, Ben, your smile is really good, mm. right? Like, mm. I'm recognizing. <laughs> there, there it is. There it is. Trying to, trying to get it out there. Um, <sighs> but, like, I, what am I doing? I'm affirming that you have been creating God's image and that there are, there are beautiful things, right. About God's people. That's still part of a story, right? There's, there's yeah. a source for that beauty and there's going to be a climax or a, a culmination of that story. Um, so all, yeah. all true encouragement, I think keeps that in mind. So, all right. So that's first disclaimer. Yes. So Jesus is coming back to like, there is a resurrection from the dead. Like those who are asleep currently will rise again, mm -hmm. which is very mm -hmm. anti-Sadducee, mm -hmm. in some ways very anti-Greek and Roman thought. Like yeah. there will be resurrection. Following, and then, yeah. then three, uh, the followers of Jesus that are living during the second coming will be united in a holistic way with Jesus. Yeah. Now, what it means to be caught up in the sky uh, you know, are we hitting our heads on birds and clouds as we're being caught up in the sky? Like what exactly that looks like? That's probably a different story. And there's a lot of vagueness in this. Like, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's problems with altitude and all other sorts of things that you could, you know, fancifully imagine. How quickly will like we rise sucked to, up into yeah, the yeah, air. Yeah. But, yeah. um, so there's the reunification, um, with Jesus in bodily form as right. Like, even true and greater and more perfect, like even in a more glorious way than when he was on the earth the first time. Because yeah. this now there's a chapter of the story ending. And, you know, when he was with his followers the first time, there's still pain and death and suffering in the world, even though as he's amongst them. Well, in the second time, that is all going to be put to an end. Mm -hmm. And we get to celebrate in that. So to Ben's point, it's to take courage or to build up courage, take your courage that even though the grief is around you, the grief will end. Mm -hmm. It will cease. Grief is not forever. Yeah. Mourning, lament, it's not forever. It is for this season and this season alone. 
And it, it seems like so. It seems like the encouragement could be in a situation where somebody loses a loved one, has lost a loved one. Yeah. What this is a truth, and obviously there's a skill at when do you present this as encouragement to somebody. Yes. I mean, somebody who just loses a loved one, you don't just oh, want to throw yeah. theology at them. But it does seem like in a in a in a timely way, this could be really encouraging. It'd give a lot of hope for people. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, one of the worst things to say: someone's just lost a dear loved one maybe even a pet, maybe they lost their dog, who mm-hmm. knows? And you just kind of flippantly say, well, they're in a better place. Mm-hmm. Well, one, you're not on the throne judging, so careful. Yeah. Two, like that's not what they need right now. Mm-hmm. They just need someone to sit with them. Right. Like Job's friends did a phenomenal job before they said words. Yeah. And then when they opened their mouths, they were <laughs> idiots, yes. right? Yeah. So, like, sometimes it's just a present. Sometimes the encouragement isn't verbal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just sitting with, sometimes it's an act of love. Sometimes it's a gift. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, you got the love languages. Gifts are like the massive love. Yeah. You know, it depends on the person. But, um, yeah, I think that's so true. It's not just like a flippant, yeah. you know, oh, well, they're in the better place. Mm-hmm. Move on. Like, no, the encouragement here is just to sit in the grief. But underpinning all the grief and lament and mourning is the silver lining and the ultimate thread that holds the bigger story together of, like, this too shall pass. Yeah. Like, we will be beside green pastures one day where all of this is over. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Uh, before we jump into the James 3 passage, um, I just kind of want to pause. What? Obviously, the first thus, right? There's a specific occurrence. There's a specific thing happening uh, that Paul is addressing. Um, but I think there's some pastoral implications for us, right, as a as a community who are in a in the middle of a pandemic. Um, yeah. What encouragement? Like, how can we encourage one another during a season that seems uncertain? During a season where I don't know, maybe. Outside of this, we thought we had it all together. We thought we had control. Yeah, we were in control, and now it just seems like, who can we trust? Where can we find confidence um, as a community, even? So, yeah, you go first. I well, I think it, you know the culture is so polarized. So I think wherever, if we're going to be encouragers, we're not just going to encourage the wherever we lean towards. We want to meet people where they're at, and I think that's that's a part of what we have to have to do. And um, and I think it's just pointing back to who, who God is and his plan. I mean, I, ultimately, it's um, it, there's all of these kinds of things that happen, trouble um, on, in, a, in a broken, fallen world. Um, this is one of those. And, um, and it is um, who is God in the midst of that? Who, what, is his, what is his ultimate plan? And I think those kinds of things, um, I don't know, kind of get away from the certain specific issues of mask and vaccine and, you know, every, everything else that people, I think, are distractions to what could be greater, a greater movement of encouragement for people. Yeah, I think looking back at God's faithfulness is personally very helpful for, for me to be encouraged going forward in faithfulness. Mm-hmm. So, like, there has been pandemics before. Mm-hmm. And Christians lived in those pandemics, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of Christians died in those pandemics, mm-hmm. and they still like continued to flourish and love their neighbors well, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't like wearing a mask, but like, if that's what loving my neighbor looks like, I'll do it. Yeah. 
Like, I don't like needles, hate needles. Yeah. If getting the vaccine is loving my neighbor well, that's what I'll do. So I look back at Luther and the plagues that he navigated, and you look back at church leaders and theologians during the Spanish flu. So for me, looking back, seeing God's faithfulness, reminding myself all pandemics end, Christians live in pandemics, they're still called to be faithful in pandemics, let's go. Yeah. You know, let's, you know, puff out our chest and get a little courage and love well. Yeah. And be well, and then that, that, that bigger story too, right? That like, I think a lot of people, they, we want certainty. We want certainty in everything. Yeah. And if, if we could find certainty in everything, then there'd be no reason to ever encourage anyone for anything because you could just do it yourself, right? Like I don't, yeah. not question anything. Um, so right now where people I think are lacking, myself included, yeah. clarity or confidence in certain things, it's the reminder of, hey, God's got this. And this world, like, this, this will all pass, and God's yeah. going to redeem and restore and rebuild. Yeah. This is never the end of the story. Yeah. Um, so follow-up, do you think there's encouragement in the new heavens and the new earth? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, probably. We don't have this in the notes. Yeah, we don't have this in the notes. Um, yeah, probably. But it, maybe it— the Does it look different? Because it, it seems it like the to. context of encouragement yeah. is usually there is something yeah. that courage needs to be— applied towards and like you have to face down something that's not good yeah no i think absolutely (laughs) but it yeah the the motivation for it maybe is is different because i think in the the new heavens and new earth we're going to be singing worship songs to jesus we're going to be uh, reminding people and reminding ourselves of what is true we're gonna be telling true stories and i think at, at the heart of encouragement it's 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 reminding people what is true. It's reminding yeah. ourselves what is true. Yeah, I think that applies to many situations. Yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot that we could, you know, look at this look yeah. at this world and say, oh man, this this is really hard. But yeah. look at what's ahead. Look at what our life co- is going to be like. Yeah, yeah. So maybe in the new heavens and the new earth, encouragement is more of the affirming, celebrating, and rejoicing, and it's less of the Here's this evil thing in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go take the hill. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we only got a couple minutes. Uh, ben, James 3. I just kind of want to land on here because James 3, um, James is right, and he's talking about the power of words and the power of, of, of our tongue, right? Mm-hmm. It can be used to destroy, right? It can yeah. bring force fire, right? Yeah. Destroy everything, or it can uh, be a great gift. And so would you just, uh, yeah, what comes to your mind? What sticks out there? Again, we only have a couple minutes. Yeah, but... yeah. So, I mean, James is the, the wisdom book of the New Testament, and so wisdom is just the skill of living. And so I just thought, you know, one of the things I just kept thinking about was as we talk about encourage one another, how do we do this well? How do we really give people courage? And there's a great skill to that. And I think what I like about James is it, it just is, he's just pointing out, obviously, our words are powerful, and that makes us powerful. And so each person is very, very, they they have so much power more than what they really realize. And we can really um, destroy people, or we can really um, encourage and give hope and um, invest in people in a way that is um, is like discipleship and and helping them. And so I think James does a great job of just really kind of nailing that with those illustrations of the bit in the mouth um, of a horse and the rudder and, and a ship. And so um, yeah, so I just I, I think that's kind of what I, I'm 
uh, what I, I was excited about in looking at the, yeah. those passages. So yeah, well, I love what you just said, like James, right? It's all about wisdom, and as people, right? We it's not just about knowledge; it's about applying that knowledge, mm-hmm. wisdom. You know, the this was it. What's Collins call it? Uh, the uh, the skill and the art of godly living. Yeah. Um, and and I think absolutely right, especially with our words, um, which means we need to be pretty intentional with our encouragement. Right. That's something that we need to grow in and develop for ourselves to be looking for people who need to be encouraged. But it takes a lot of intention. It takes knowing people, right, and knowing their story and what will speak to them and what will encourage them. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I think words are huge. I, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with James, I agree yeah. with Ben. Like, I, I think words really are huge. And I think when we're at our most unhealthy of we feel personally attacked mm-hmm. or something along those lines, we're most likely to kind of spew the venom back. Yeah. But it's like, man, can we get to a place of health where we don't feel the need to fill that insecurity? We can just not live out of a place of scarcity, but just encourage freely. I think sometimes we don't we don't realize the things that we say and how it affects um, people's oh, yeah. he, people's lives. And I just we're all we're all runners. We all like to run. And um, I I love to run. And I'll tell people that, and they're like, what, you know, who are you running from? Why? Who who yeah, loves to run? What what are you doing? And uh, yeah. And um, when when I was in the sixth grade, I had a family friend um, who took me out for a five k for the first time. And um, and after the five k, he just said to me. Wow, for your first time, you did a really good job. And as a sixth grader, that meant so. I just those words meant so much to me. And uh, I did high school cross country, cross country in college. Went on, kept running all throughout my life. And those words just have gone with me for um, into my adulthood. And so we just don't we don't words realize are powerful. They're powerful. They're powerful. So. Cool. Well, thank you guys uh, for joining. This has been such a good conversation. Uh, if this uh, deep dive was an encouragement to you, just invite you to share it with someone else. You can find this resource and more on our website, calvary.church slash it runs in the family. Uh, it's also available anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we will catch you again next week as we continue in our It Runs in the Family series. See you guys. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.